Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. University of Oregon will play Utah Saturday, 7.30, Autzen Stadium. Game's on ESPN. I I don't like that late game thing, and I and I don't especially like it when we're in November. Like, uh, And I don't know what the ideal time to kick off in your mind is if you're listening to this show, but I feel like every game, like if ideally we could, I, we could suit the game kickoffs for families, um, I uh, I think that we would kick off the games at, like, uh, no later than 4.30. Like, we would say, okay, you're going to have a 12.30, a 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3.30, no later than 4.30. Uh, Dan Lanning is the coach at the University of Oregon. Uh, on tomorrow's show, you know, I'm really excited about a guest we have on tomorrow. We've got John Robinson, the legendary USC coach, former Oregon coach. Um, I, I talked to John Robinson today on the phone. He's 87 years old. He told me he still thinks he could be a head coach. I, I love his fire. He, was, uh, he went to school at Oregon. He got his first coaching job at Oregon. And did you know John Robinson's very first game as a head coach at USC, what happened? He got boat raced. He got beat bad by Missouri. And what happened to USC that year? They turned it around, and they went on and went to the Rose Bowl, won the Rose Bowl. I talked to John Robinson about that today, and he said, you tell Dan Lanning that story. Joining us now, Dan Lanning, Oregon coach. Did you hear me? John Robinson was sending a message. I like it. It's a good story, man. It's a good story. Thanks for having me, John. You bet. I asked him, I said, what, did, what happened after you – because he got beat bad by Missouri, then he had to go into week mm-hmm. two. And I said, what did you tell your team? Because it was his first game as a head coach, and he said, he said I really – I told them that I had it all under control, and he goes, but down deep, I don't know if I did. And he goes, but I told them that. <laughs> and he said, he said it all worked out. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. There How you, you go. doing? No doubt. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you been today? I'm good. I'm drinking coffee. It's like 4 o'clock. Is that wise? Do you, what's your drink at about this hour? Yeah, coffee's good at all times. I have no qualms with coffee um, early or late. I think that's a good decision. How do you have your coffee? I'm drinking it black right now. <laughs> Nothing in it. Okay, yeah. Is that all yeah, right? I think that's, that's, yeah, it's classic. That's that's the way I generally have it myself. Hardcore. Uh, all right, look, listen, should we start with the question that everybody wants to know, or should I should I warm you up a little bit and then back into it? Were you, are you wondering what, what we do for Thanksgiving at my house, what we <laughs> yeah. eat? Is that what you yeah, what, Is that the question, or what's yeah. the thought? All right, how do you, who, who's in charge of the turkey? <laughs> Let's start with that. So you're going to be disappointed. We don't always have a turkey every Thanksgiving. So I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I don't I don't really do much on Thanksgiving, right? I don't do much. I just I come home and I have high expectations, but little output on my end. Um, so I, I'm not in charge of the turkey, but when we have one, it's pretty good. It's that's up to Sophia. Mm-hmm. She sometimes she's kind of done this trend lately of getting a honey baked ham, yeah. which I'm I'm pretty excited about. I don't know. If they have honey baked ham around here, but I'm yeah, sure they do. have ham. You do. Um, great. 
Yeah, so she normally does that. I don't know if she's done that yet. Um, hopeful, hopeful that one of those exists. And then she throws down usually one or two Cambodian dishes, which is mm. kind of cool and not normal, not your normal Thanksgiving dish. But okay. uh, I'm hopeful that she might pull some of those things out. All right, we have this in common because my wife is, was born in Taiwan, and I know that I we had a lot of traditions like Thanksgiving, Christmas. We had these traditions that I had in my head that everyone did. And then the first right. Thanksgiving came, and she was cooking seafood or something, and I was like, "What are we doing here? This is not what we yeah. do." We, you know, and on a stick, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit different. That's it, awesome. It's good though. It, it's good to shake things up. Um, all right, so you you come out of the Washington game. I know you were disappointed. We we heard your news conference. I loved what you said after the game. I love that you pull your guys together. You're a unifier, aren't you? Yeah, you hope to be. I think that's your job as a coach, right? I think in times of adversity or when things don't go right, I think it's really easy and it's probably human nature for people to start saying, well, this didn't go right and this guy didn't do this and this guy didn't do that. And that's certainly never been my nature. You know, I think if you want to be able to have an impact for change, you have to acknowledge that you're part of the solution and part of the problem. And there's some things I did wrong in that game that we can do better. And um, I want to own it, right? I want my players to be able to own when they make a mistake. And how can you do that if you don't do that as a head coach? The... Uh the question of who's going to play quarterback for you, let's just start with the injury to Bo Nix. What was it? What happened? It looked like it was a helmet to the knee, or was it a Charlie horse? What kind of injury are we talking about? I don't want to be specific to that because I don't think I think that creates a competitive advantage to the opponent. Okay. Um, so we'll just say it wasn't uh, his pinky finger. You know, that's not what it is. So we can get people going to start crossing that out their list, but I don't want to go into you know what the, the injury is. All right, Chris Hudson. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I and I, if I were in your position, see, here's the weird spot I'm in. If we switched spots, you're going to be asking me the same questions, and I'm going to be giving you the same answers because I wouldn't tell anybody anything. There's no way. Like, Nothing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's a good lesson for me. I was about to tell you everything, and now I'm, I'm back up. I'm going to back back but, up. Kyle Whittingham yesterday, I asked him. I said, you know, because he was the same way with Cam Rising a few weeks ago. Remember, you didn't even tell the TV crew yeah. that Rising was hurt, and he said, look, if everybody's going to do it, I'll do it. But he said, until we all do it, I don't understand why I would give anybody the advantage. Do you think coaches are more paranoid than normal people? We're certainly more paranoid. I mean, I've been part of games a lot of times where you have no idea who you're going to face, so what do you end up doing? You end up creating three different game plans, right? If it's this guy, it's this. And if it's this guy, it's this. And, um, yeah, we're certainly more paranoid. That's kind of the nature of the game. And uh, But I get it. I mean, that's our job, too, right? Like, you don't want to give anybody a competitive advantage. How do you feel about your backups? Could you know game plan wise? Let's just hypothetical here. Let's say you got to go with somebody else that's not Bo Nix. How do you feel about that mm-hmm. group, that quarterback room? You, you you hope that you have a strong enough program that year round you do a good job of developing uh, players and talent, and you understand what your players' strengths are year round. And I do I do feel like we have a good coaching staff. I feel like you have good players at multiple positions that. If guys can't go, the next guy can step uh, step up, and we can play to their strengths. And I certainly feel like that at quarterback and and uh, several other positions on our team. Defensively, uh, some of the breakdowns that you saw on film is it was it schematic stuff? Did you guys get caught playing a little too much zone, not being aggressive? Did you have guys that were running right by the assignment? Uh, what did you see on film defensively? Yeah, you, I mean, it's really a combination of both. You know, at times they had the right play versus us. At times we didn't execute the right uh, the right technique. You know, at times we didn't pressure the way we need to be able to pressure. And 
you know, at times you have a free runner and we just got to make the play, you know, and uh, so it's a combination of all those things. Uh, I think it's something you got to look hard at. You know, it's called the hard, dirty truth, the hard facts of things that we got to embrace that we can improve on. I, I go back and I listen to the show afterwards, and I, I mostly focus on the mistakes and not the things I do right. I'll look at this interview and I'll say, you know what, I should have asked them something different. But what do you focus on after a game? Are you more caught into what didn't work, what did work? Is there a danger in focusing only on what didn't work? Like, should you pay attention to the stuff that you guys did right and say, hey, that's something we can do, uh, I have a lot of confidence in? Yeah, so generally for us, we have a write-up that say things we did well, things we did poor, like literally exactly what you just said. And then, okay, preparation errors, right? All right, personnel errors that we use our people in the right way. Uh, critical penalties that affected us in the game. Um, all right, critical plays, games of certain amounts of yards. Let's write up exactly what went wrong on the play. And if we did that play over again, how would we do it different? How would we put players in a different situation? So we, we try to be pretty detail-oriented of recognizing all. Um, I'd say it's probably my nature to focus on the things that didn't go right more than the things that did go right. And one thing I learned early on as um, as a coach is you, you can walk away from wins too and feel like you lost sometimes when you really focus on just the negative. And that's something I never want to do. But I also want to know that I can always grow from every moment and every game. And just because you win, it doesn't mean all your problems are fixed. It just means maybe somebody didn't identify them. So um, that's what we try to be a lead at is, is trying to figure out what went wrong and what could go wrong right in the future and you hope that you catch it before your opponent does the uh i was watching an interview the other day with uh norm mcdonald was interviewing drew barrymore and he mm. asked her about her favorite movie and you know what she said she said planes trains and automobiles she said she thought it was the best movie ever made because the range of emotion it's you know it's john candy it's steve martin it's a john hughes film um it it uh you know you you have this you think it's kind of a goofy movie and then there's a serious moment in the middle of it what do you think of that movie well i'm gonna have to get a refresher it's been a while i mean i, I bet i was um you know 15 16 maybe when i watched yeah. that it's been a long time you're but, a young man uh, my recollection it was a, it was pretty good yeah 1987 yeah i mean that was the so that was the year after i was born so yeah. i'm not like super dialed in on that one but mm. i'll i'll give it a I'll give it a uh, twice over whenever the season's over. It's a. Uh, it, it, do you show movies during the year? Or do you show? Do you do like a? Uh, hey guys, we're gonna watch 15 minutes of this. It's a hype film or something like that for your guys. Never 15 minutes. <laughs> no, that's we, our time's too valuable. We have this thing called the 20 hour rule in, in yeah. uh, college football, so that's limited. But we, every once in a while, we'll go to a movie when we have later night, you know, late later games, you know, so like, um, you know, kind of clear the air, spend some time with each other and fellowship, but. Uh, not generally a 15-minute clip. All right, give me an idea because you, you talk about the 20-hour rule. Um, I, I heard that twice today. It came up in the UC Regents oh, yeah? meeting with UCLA and all that stuff going on. The 20-hour rule came up as far as the travel is concerned. How careful do you have to mm -hmm. be with the 20-hour rule with your athletes? Well, we count every minute. Yeah, we count every minute of practice. And if you add something um, from a, a time, a required time standpoint for your players, that means you have to subtract something else. So... You know, really within a week, you're allowed 20 hours to spend with your players, and that's what limits you at times from a game plan standpoint, certainly a difference in uh, the NFL and certain uh, other other levels is how much time you get to spend with your players. So it really doesn't matter what the coaches know, right? It's about what the players know and what they can execute. So uh, Dan Lanning's going to play zero plays for the Oregon Ducks this year, so it doesn't matter if I understand, hey, when the tight end's in this location, this is the play you're going to get. 
It's about can you use that 20 hours and get that information to your players um, during that time. Utah, I've seen them three times in person. They've looked different each time. They're starting offensively. They're playing outside the hashes a little more with their pass game. They were really tight end oriented early on. They had an injury. Now Tavion Thomas is back. They ran the ball last week. How do you scout a team like that? They're tough. You know, they're obviously extremely well coached. I don't think there's uh, any coach in our league that that people respect more than uh, Coach Whittingham. But ultimately, they play with a brand of physicality. Their quarterback plays at a really high level. They have good weapons outside, but they, they, you know, they run tough. You know, uh, Tavion's always falling forward. Um, Their offense, you know, it has answers. They're able to add a lot of hats um, to locations. You want to make sure that your gaps sound. So they're, they're certainly a tough team to prepare for. Do you, uh, you guys offensively have run the ball well, and I have to think that is a comfort no matter who is at the quarterback position for you guys. What the key to the run game for you guys is? It just is it as simple as the offensive line, or what's going on schematically, or with the backs? Yeah, I think it's a combination. You know, we we, we have a great offensive line. I don't think that's any secret. They've been coached really well. Coach Clem's done a phenomenal job coaching those guys. Um, and then we've we've been able to get in some advantageous looks. You know, you think back to certain games like BYU game or. Um, even this last game at times we're able to hop into a look and feel like we have a numbers advantage and we stay in that look consistently and we run the ball, you know, um, as much as we can. And then our backs, you know, they get yards after contact. They don't go down the first hit. So those are all the things you look for. Um, those are all the things that our guys have done a good job of. Does your game plan change quarterback to quarterback or do you feel confident whoever's in there can run the same stuff? I think every, uh, you know, every team, every player has different strengths and weaknesses, and you try to make sure you set up what you do based on their strengths and weaknesses. So it right. doesn't change the identity of who we are or what we do offensively or defensively when somebody's down. Yeah. Um, but certainly you're going to try to play to your player's strengths. All right. I'm going to see you at the game. It's a 730 kickoff. I, uh, I wish you the best. Uh, go give them hell and catch planes, trains, and automobiles when the season's over. Fair enough. All right, John. Have a good one. All right, you too. Dan Lanning, there he is, Oregon football coach. I want to dive into that. If you're listening to this, I want to hear from you. What did you think of that? What do you make of it? What is your hunch uh, on who's going to start at quarterback? I have one. I think I think there was a tell in there. Um, and uh, if you are listening, I've heard all these conspiracy theories, smoke screen, this and that. I think I got it figured out. I want you to tell me what you think is going to happen Saturday. Who wins a game? And if you're a Utah fan who was streaming the interview, I want to hear from you as well. How is Utah feeling about this? How are the Ute fans feeling about this? If this game were at Rice-Eccles Stadium, I would fear for another ambush. I think it's going to be close. 503-417-7575. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.